This episode of AHLA Speaking of Health Law is brought to you by AHLA members and donors like you. For more information, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org. Hi, I'm Norm Tableau with this month's edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. Does this make the barber an accomplice? In a Baltimore alley, a witness saw a man with shoulder-length dreadlocks shoot and kill another man. Later, the witness saw the shooter on the street, but his hair was now close-cropped. At his murder trial, the judge gave the pattern jury instruction on destruction of evidence, saying that getting rid of the dreadlocks could be considered destruction of evidence and therefore consciousness of guilt. He was convicted of murder, and the conviction was upheld on appeal. My question is, was the barber an accomplice? After all, he's the one who did the cutting, and therefore the actual destruction of evidence. The case is Rainey v. State, Maryland Court of Appeals. Death before disbarment. You've heard of death before dishonor. Well, this is death before disbarment. California attorney Donald Stone apparently preferred death to disbarment. Donald was facing disciplinary action by the state bar for failing to disclose he had been convicted of shoplifting at Sears. He skipped four scheduled bar court hearings, including his ethics trial. In response to an email from the bar, Donald, or at least someone using Donald's email address, sent the bar an email saying, quote, I don't know what this is, but Donald passed away months ago. But when the bar sent an investigator to Donald's address, the man answering the door introduced himself as Donald Stone. Donald was disbarred. That's the bad news. The good news is he's not dead. How to lick the opposition. Denver attorney Devin Barkley practices in the Colorado bankruptcy court, or at least he used to before he came up with a crackerjack idea to lick the trustee he didn't like. And like so many great ideas, it was remarkably simple. Barclay gave the following directive to his clients who were to mail material to the trustee. Quote, if you have COVID or some other highly infectious, nasty disease, or if you know someone who does, please make sure they lick the envelope and handle it as much as possible. Strangely, bankruptcy court judge Thomas McNamara was offended by Devin's imaginative tactic and has suspended him from practicing in his court. Addressing the nursing shortage. Well down in Florida, 25 people came up with a crackerjack idea how to address the nursing shortage, not just in Florida, but all over the country. The idea? Well, we'll just sell a nursing degree and accompanying transcript to any aspiring nurse who can afford our ten dollars to $15,000 price tag. The plan worked, at least for a while. They had 7,600 purchases from all over the country. What about the National Council Licensure Exam, NCLEX? Well, surprisingly, 37% of the fake degree holders passed. Alas, all good things must come to an end. The feds found out about the scam, and the 25 people are now facing charges of wire fraud and wire fraud conspiracy with prison sentences of up to 20 years. Word of the Month. This month's Word of the Month is actually a two-word job title. It's Chicken Wrangler. I came across it in a legal publication this month. My first guess was that a chicken wrangler must be a cowardly ranch hand, but I was wrong. A chicken wrangler is simply a person who tends chickens. The article was about a chicken wrangler in North Carolina accused by Purdue of negligently causing a fire that burned down the chicken house, taking a number of feathered occupants with it. According to the news story, the incident occurred when the chicken wrangler was, quote, rounding up a flock of chickens. Now you know. The case is Morgan Chicken Farm versus Unicon, Gwinnett County, Georgia Code. When is a car parked? When you take your car into the shop for an oil change, do you park it? Well, no. At least not in Michigan. In Michigan, 
even though the car is turned off and it's not in motion, it's not parked. Just ask Karen Belmore. She pulled into friendly oil change for routine maintenance. She got out of the car to look at the filter the repairman wanted to replace. Well, of course, oil change shops have pits under the cars they're servicing. Karen fell in and injured herself. She sued for damages under two alternative theories. One was that she was engaged in, quote, maintenance because she was checking out the filter. The court said she was not. Second, she argued for the, quote, parked vehicle provision. The court rejected that one, too, ruling that a car is not considered parked when it's involved in maintenance. It's involved in maintenance. But, of course, Karen wasn't doing the maintaining, and her fall didn't arise from maintenance. It arose from her carelessness. The case is Belmore versus Friendly Oil Change, Michigan Court of Appeals. Robbie the Robot, Esquire. Could Robbie the Robot become a lawyer? How about Hal, the diabolical computer in 2001, Space Odyssey? Law professors at University of Minnesota tested Chatbox ChatGBT on a variety of legal issues, including both multiple choice and essay questions, and it passed, earning a C+. Surprisingly, at least to me, it did better on the essay questions than the multiple choice. Soon we may be competing with robots for legal work. Maybe we should do what the patent office and scientific publications have done. They have loudly proclaimed that no ChatGBT or other AI cannot hold a patent or even be author of a scientific paper. By the way, when you see AI in print, is your first thought that it's Al, as in Al Franken, or is it just me? Aetna, cover those knees. This is a new one on me. Medical device maker Conformis has sued Aetna over excluding Conformis artificial knees from coverage. It's the theory of the plaintiff that I find interesting. It's not some sort of contract or antitrust claim. It's a libel case, defamation. Conformist says that by telling the world that its knees are, quote, experimental or investigational, it's defaming conformists and causing physicians to shun its artificial knees. The district court dismissed the case, finding that conformists had not demonstrated that Aetna's statements were false. But the First Circuit reversed, ruling that conformists had made a plausible case that Aetna's statements were false. How did conformists make that case? By showing that over 90% of insurers, as well as Medicare and Medicaid, cover the device and don't regard it as investigational or experimental. The case is Conformis versus Aetna, First Circuit. Not fit for a dog. Well, Mia Bennett has lost her disability lawsuit against Hurley Med Center, partly because she could not find a onesie for her corgi, Pistol. Mia says Pistol is a service dog that helps with her anxiety and panic disorder, so she needs Pistol with her as she makes the rounds in the Med Center. But Hurley made her stop bringing Pistol to the hospital because some hospital workers and patients had allergic reactions, some of them severe. The hospital suggested she get a, quote, shed defender for Pistol, a onesie to contain shedding and possibly prevent the allergic reactions Pistol is triggering. Get it? Pistol triggering? Well, Mia didn't try. Why not? Because she says they simply don't make shed defenders that fit corgis. The judge was not impressed with Mia's case. He gave the hospital summary judgment. The case is Bennett versus Hurley Med Center, Eastern District, Michigan. At least open the damn thing. I don't know how this guy got through law school or the Illinois bar exam, but apparently he did. And he landed a job with the global law firm Denton's. David Hall has been fired by Denton's and suspended from the practice of law for 60 days by the Illinois Supreme Court. Why? because he falsely built 277 hours for reviewing 425 documents. How did he get caught? Well, someone at Denton's 
notice that 405 of the documents had never even been opened. Here's a tip. If you bill for reviewing a document that comes by email, at least open it. And if you bill for reviewing a document that comes in the regular mail, at least unseal the envelope. A new definition of autoeroticism. In Missouri, a woman has won a $5.2 million award as compensation for contracting a sexually transmitted disease during car sex. The man she had sex with had been diagnosed as HIV positive, but he didn't bother to tell her. So the man has to pay her $5.2 million, right? Wrong. GEICO has to pay. Why? Because the man had auto insurance with GEICO. Fortunately for GEICO and its little lizard mascot, the state Supreme Court has sent the case back to the trial court because of a procedural error. Complaint Department. No contract. This month's complaint is about ads on television and elsewhere that brag that if you sign up with them, quote, there's no contract. You hear it all the time in ads for phone or internet service. But clearly something is wrong. If there's no contract, then what's to make sure they provide all the benefits the ad raves about? How do you know what you get or what you have to pay if there's no contract? Try this. The next time you get a monthly bill, write back and say, I don't have to pay you. We never had a contract. If you have a complaint, send it to me. Well, that's it for this month's edition. I hope you liked it. I'll be back next month with another edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to AHLA Speaking of Health Law wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about AHLA and the educational resources available to the health law community, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org.